studies have shown that people who curse tend to be more intelligent. I did I did read that somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're a pair of fucking Einsteins. <laughs> fucking geniuses. <laughs> Stephen Hawking and Einstein here. <laughs> There's your intro for the podcast. <laughs> Mental You're very welcome along to this new podcast. It's called Straight Talking Mental Health. And this is where we tackle every aspect and every issue that affects our mental health. My name is Peter Dunn. My name is Alan Clark. And that dude right there, he's going to take me and you through the entire journey because he knows his stuff. He's actually qualified to give advice and talk about this. But me... I'm just a chancer. <laughs> no pressure on me, though. Huh? Over to you. You you know all your shit, uh, do I? <laughs> Basically, hold on there. You know all your shit. I'm going to drink tea. <laughs> well, I, I've got a pint glass here of um, summer fruits squash from Tesco's. We're, we're keeping it hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> so what we're going to do is each episode, we'll pick a topic apart. And uh, if you're like me, and you think you should know a little bit more about mental health or you're struggling with your mental health, then you are going to really like this podcast because we'll journey through this together. And by the time we're finished each episode, we will be a little bit wiser and be on the path to better mental health for ourselves. And of course, not forgetting all the people around us. Now, this week, we're going to talk about loneliness. So what is loneliness and how does it affect our mental health? Well, I think the first thing to differentiate for people is loneliness is not the same as being alone. You know, you can be on your own and not be lonely and you can be in the middle of crow park surrounded by 30 or forty thousand people whatever the capacity is of crow park i'm not a guy head um yeah but, you know you're not still, a guy head because that's like it, half full oh, oh, really? <laughs> everyone's going like this fucking how what? ignorant is this guy like what a, what a disgrace that's junior b right there oh really <laughs> only forty thousand show <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I used, I used to play rugby and then I lost interest in sport and became more interested in women so <laughs> I probably no, in women's women, sport like no no just women in general <laughs> in, in hindsight they're probably stuck with the rugby <laughs> I would freeze on my arse out in the fucking wing of out in Calera rugby club <laughs> waiting for a ball to come out that, that never came because the, the centres were too fucking hungry and just ran it up the middle or kicked it the whole time so yeah probably should have stuck with the rugby well I don't know it's easier it's easier to pick a hooker on the rugby field than it is <laughs> but we won't go into that we won't go into that no no <laughs> 22 stone built like a, a, a brick shit house. sorry we're talking and about the no we're talking about the hookers oh, not, yeah, not the rugby yeah. players <laughs> 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 the slim pickings at three o'clock in the morning at the end of the nightclub. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> no, I think uh, I'd favour a garlic cheese chips over on the <laughs> Taco fries like a bouse. There you go. Two bar sausages out of Macari shippers. Do, do you think we could get, uh, could we get sponsorship? I wonder. Yeah, Plug of course. Macari, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, for all your bar, chips needs. <laughs> bar sausages in Calair Town. Un- unreal. And we can work our way up to that and maybe getting Calvin Klein or something like that. But we'll start small. Yeah, we'll start small. We'll, we'll be more realistic. Anyway, Crow Park. Crow Park. 100,000 capacity, I'm led to believe. About 80, I think. About 80, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can be on your own and not feel lonely. And likewise, mm. you can be in the middle of Crow Park surrounded by 80,000 people and feel very lonely. Or, and what's, what's a very common one for, for clients that I would see and what 
what tends to surprise them is as as I hear them talking about stuff, they're talking about issues in their relationship or their or their marriage and stuff like that. And I will say, you sound lonely, and they can't believe that you can be lonely when you have a partner, you have a boyfriend, a girlfriend, or a husband or a wife. Um, but that loneliness that you experience in a, in a relationship is some of the worst stuff you can feel because you feel like you're not understood, you don't feel important, you don't feel seen, uh, you don't feel connected. Um, whereas you think you shouldn't be lonely because you have a partner. You know, we're still equating that loneliness with being on our own. So when I actually named that to people have gone, you know, that loneliness that you experience and they're like, and you can see that kind of penny dropping kind of moment of that's that's how I feel. I feel lonely. Do people who are lonely know they're lonely or do they need somebody like yourself to point it out and say no, that's and loneliness? No, this is the complete difference with, with loneliness is that it's an entirely subjective experience. So you don't have to meet a criteria. If you feel lonely, you're lonely. You know, no one can tell you that you're not. No one can turn around to you and say, yeah, but you're married. But yeah, you know, you've got good friends or you've got a good job. You know, you shouldn't be lonely, but you are lonely. How do you know you're lonely? You feel lonely. So the same way as how do you know you're hungry? What and does it feel like to be lonely? It, it feels like that disconnected. It feels like you're not important. It feels like you don't matter. It feels like you don't care or people don't care. Um it's it's that feeling of sadness or feeling that you're, you know, the, as the millennials say, that FOMO, that fear of missing out. Mm. So a recent study has shown that 40% of people aged 16 to 24 said they feel lonely often or very often. You know, and these are the people that have grown up with social media. So if social media is supposed to be everything, then mm. what's, what's going on? And they're also the people that had said that they have the most online-only friends. So you've got loads of Facebook friends, but you, you know you don't have any in, in, in real life. Can social media be a good thing for loneliness, though? Or is it uh, mostly negative? I think, it, I think it's probably a bit of a double-edged sword. Um, I think it can help you to feel connected. I mean, if you're talking to people, if you're, you know, you're chatting to your friends on it and stuff like that. Again, it's not going to be the same as face-to-face human interaction. Mm. But what it can also do as well, and what I would say to, to, to clients particularly the younger clients, is like, it's not real. You have to stop buying into this. Like, I mean, that, that one picture that that happy couple put up is one second of a snapshot that, you know, maybe one of them dragged the other one going, look, just fucking get into the photograph, will you? So it looks like we're at least having a good time. And they can go back then to maybe not talking to each other for the rest of the holiday or the rest of the day or, you know, stuff like that. So mm. we, we get this idealized version from social media which can lead into that loneliness then because you think, oh, well, there's P with his wife or there's such and such and, you know, they're all off doing this and, you know, there I am sitting at home on my own and I have no one and, and stuff like that. So it can really feed into this experience of not good enough. And, and that can be a big thing as well for, you know, low self-esteem uh, and that feeding into the loneliness because if you're coming from a place of low self-esteem and you're going to think, well, I can't maintain a relationship. Or I can't maintain friendships. No one wants to be my friend. No one wants to hang around with me. And that's that's going to feed into your low self-esteem. And that's going to feed into your depression. And that's going to feed into into those feelings of loneliness. So loneliness will actually lead to depression oh, or yeah. anxiety or more yeah. mental health issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and because loneliness is deeply ingrained. So there was a recent study now. It hasn't been peer-reviewed or anything like that. And interestingly, with the timing is it came out at the start of March, so just before all the lockdown, and showing that within the brain, 
um, loneliness is kind of as, as deeply ingrained as hunger. So when we get, when you get that signal from your brain, from your body to be, to that you're hungry, that's, mm. that's a signal to, okay, seek out sustenance, yeah. seek out energy providing uh, calories. When you get that feeling of loneliness, that's your brain, that's your body driving you to seek out social connection. Because, you know, and you're, you're going to get sick of me saying this all the time, you know, humans are social creatures. Mammals are social creatures. So there was a lot of benefit to being social. Even mm. going right down to the very basics, the very primitive parts of, you know, survival and reproduction. So if you're in the group, you know, if you're in the tribe, there's people to look out for you. You know, you can fend off from predators. You can fend off from, from attacking tribes. And you had access to mates. So there was access to the opposite sex. So I've got people there that can help me to stay alive longer. I've got access to the opposite sex, which will help me to pass on my genetic code and reproduce. So at its very basic level, we've evolved to be cooperative tribal creatures. So we need people around us. We need a community. We need company. Obviously, that's yeah. why we, we, we start families and we make friends. But is loneliness such a bad thing? Are some people happier when they're alone? No, see, again, you're mixing up alone and loneliness. Like you can, it's, and it's not about isolation either. You can be, you could live in the, the arsehole of Donegal, out in the wilds on the coast or something. Mm. You know, not a house around over 10, 20 miles. Live on your own. And you could be okay. You know, whether you don't need social connection or you still have people ringing you, you still have people checking in on you. You know, okay. you feel important. You feel like you matter. It's not about people being around you. It's about feeling things like, you know, not having anybody to talk to feeling disconnected from the world, feeling left out, feeling sad, and not feeling understood. Okay. They're your sort of, they're your sort of core characteristics of, of loneliness. I often thought that loneliness was the old man in rural Ireland, like you were saying, who lives on his own, who, you know, maybe tends a farm or something like that and goes down to the yeah. pub every so often for a pint. You know, yeah. I thought that was loneliness. But you're telling me that loneliness is just a disconnection. From other people and that that is absolutely that is a stereotypical old bachelor living on his own in some hobbled owl cottage of york and and that's that's the that's the stereotypical thing and that's where you get charities like alone that mm. work with the elderly yeah as if alone and loneliness is confined yeah. to the elderly so that that study that showed that um two-fifths of people aged 16 to 24 say they feel lonely often or very often that compares to 29% of 65 to 74 year olds. And then it drops again to 27% of people aged over 75. So it peaks, then it falls away again. Why is that? I think for the younger ones, you have to understand the adolescent brain. So that, that, that study is, is saying that 16 to 24 year olds. When we think of adolescence, we think kind of 13 to 18. Now, mm. what, what science has now shown is that our brain doesn't fully develop until about 24, 25. And there's some scientists pushing to, that we recognize this of adolescence of, it, it, I mean, legally we need, you need a point of 18 and you're an adult. You know, you're, yeah. treated, you're treated like an adult. You know, there has to be some cutoff point. Yeah. But from a scientific point of view, your brain doesn't fully develop until about 24 to 25. Yeah. Now, the, the, the adolescent brain is very different from the brain of a child and the brain of an adult. So the the adolescent brain is driven toward social engagement, which is why anyone with teenagers knows 
They don't want anything to do with you, Mammy and Daddy. All they want to do is be with their friends. And that's not because Mammy and Daddy are uncool or Mammy and Daddy are pissing them off or whatever. Well, well, they well, just they want their be. own friends. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. They, they could be. <laughs> my, my, my children will never say I'm uncool. I'm, I'm cool, Dad. <laughs> but, but it's very much about your peers because the first kind of 10 to 12 years of life, you are whatever Mammy and Daddy say you are. So if Mammy and Daddy say you're a good boy, you're a good boy. Mm. Mammy and Daddy say you're a little bastard or a little bitch, that's what you are. That's what you internalize. Mm. After about 10 to 12 and for the next 10 to 12 years of your life, so kind of 12 to 24, you are whatever the group says you are. So if the gang of lads says, oh, P, you're a mad bastard. What's P going to do? You're going to be a mad bastard. You're going to jump off the roof when they egg you on and you're going to, here, boys, I'll do it. I'll do it. Because what's my role in the group? I'm the mad bastard. Yeah, yeah. So teenagers and adolescents are driven toward their peers. Like society has changed. You know, when you go back not so long ago. I mean, you, you probably wouldn't have to look too far in your community to find someone that was married at 18 or 19. True. You know, an older generation. You know, parents married younger, grandparents, you know, you were shipped off, that's it, you're done now, out you go. Mm. Find your way into the world. And all these, you know, primitive uh, tribes that still exist in the world, they all have these rites of passages for teenagers. You go off into the True. hunt, you, you demonstrate your prowess, you know, that you're worthy of, you know, a mate and stuff like that. Mm. So... You know, it's very much driven toward seeking social connections who will be there for you as you make your way through the world. But how do you identify loneliness in other people, like your friends, your family, co-workers even? So they're probably going to be feeling a little bit sad. So there's a bit of a there's a bit of a paradox around loneliness, because the more time you spend on your own, the more likely you are to socially isolate. So if you're feeling lonely and people invite you out, you're actually less likely to go. Mm. So what happens is you, you, you tend to turn inwards and then you spend so much time on your own that you start to mistrust people, start to develop maybe a little bit of paranoia. Why would they be inviting me out? What do they want? So the, the loneliness then can become very much self-perpetuating. I'm feeling lonely and therefore I act in a way which which reinforces that loneliness. And, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, work, how would you know somebody in work? I mean, you know, with the invention of the electric light bulb, everything changed, you know, because your work hours were dictated to by sun up and sundown. Then we invented the electric light bulb and you could you could work all the time. So what did that what did that feed into? Well, that allowed for shift work. So now with shift work, uh, you know, if you're working three to eleven and your friends work nine to five. You know, you're probably not going to see them. Mm, and sometimes, true. you know, people, people that work shift work, they might work weekends or they might be working 12 hour shifts, stuff like that. So that that feeds into it then as well. And that's mm. just on the work front. I mean, some of some, you know, other contributing factors, again, thanks to thanks to modern society. So as we as we teeter on the edge of uh, another recession, you know, which the first one was dictated by the by the housing crash. But prior to the housing crash was the housing boom. So what you had then was you had house prices going up. So people that lived, we'll say, you know, the dubs couldn't afford to buy in Dublin. So they moved down to Kildare. The people in Kildare couldn't afford to buy in Kildare because the dubs had driven up the house price. So they had to move to Liege and on and on it went. Mm. So what you lost in that was, well, you know, because it used to be a case that the majority of people, unless you moved somewhere for work or something like that, the majority of people generally bought houses wherever they grew up. Yeah. 
generally yeah. speaking. You know, you live, you still had access to your childhood friends. Mm. You still had your man, dad there to babysit if he's wanted to go out, someone to watch the kids. I never knew. I never knew how big that was to have your um, man, dad close by to mind the oh, kids. Oh, yeah, so yeah. So you can Jesus. go out for a point. Sweet yeah. Jesus, I underestimated that big time. <laughs> I tell you that. I underestimated that big time. <laughs> so what do, you, what do you do then if you go out for a pint? Well, you're more likely to make social mm. connections. You might, you might get chatting to another couple down the pub or something like that. Mm. So you had to move away from where you grew up. Perhaps your, you know, your childhood friends, where yeah. now you, you maybe you might get to see your friends once a month if you're lucky. Yeah. Go back up, stay in your mass or something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. So you can go out on the, so you can go out on the piss. So you, you had to leave the community that you were brought up in. You had to move away from your family friends. You had to move away from uh, familial support in, in, in terms of your grandparents or your parents mm. or babysitting and, you know, just being able to go home to your ma or your dad. Mm. And then you moved into an area where, well, what likely happened was the majority of people there are there for the exact same reasons. And they don't know anybody. And like during the, during the boom, I used to work uh, in, a, in a tile place delivering tiles. And, you, you know, I'd be going into these new housing states and, of course, they're all named the same thing, but they had the grove, the park, the court, yeah. you know, all those kind of things. And you'd be asking people, oh, do you know where the, the court is? No, no, she's had no idea. And it'd be only around the fucking corner. Yeah. They were you just know, shooting up around them. They never knew. They just didn't, they didn't know. And, and, was and then, so quick, yeah. Absolutely. And then they didn't know their neighbours. Oh, mm. I'm looking for uh, Murphy's. You know Murphy's? No, no. I'd be fucking two doors up. Yeah, yeah. You know, so... It, it, it all a lot changed and mm. then of course you know you self-isolate so you, maybe you can't afford to go out because you're breaking your bollocks trying to pay a mortgage mm -hmm. you know if you do it might be once a month or once every few months that you yeah. might be able to get your ma to take the kids or something like that and then you know the amount of times i hear from people then it's just too much hassle yeah the fucking thoughts of going all to that or if you don't have that's too it's too expensive to get a babysitter and then by the time we get taxis and then by the time you go out and have a few drinks or you have a bit of dinner. So people tend to tend to stick to themselves. So, you know, there's so many contributing factors with modern society, be it from yeah. the invention of the of the light bulb, which enabled, you know, shift work to not being able to afford a house in your in your local community that you grew up in. I often find that in let's say rural areas, when you move in, you're seen as the outsider. Even if you grew up fifteen miles down the road, you're still the outsider you go to the local yeah. pub one of two three pubs in the areas or whatever and you're mm. still stared at and they're looking like who's that and what's his <laughs> name and who's he related to? and who's <laughs> I wonder who's Ophel <laughs> is and who's your one <laughs> you know and you're still you could be there 15-20 years and you'll still be the outsider you know and yeah, that yeah, probably has an effect psychologically yeah but I mean what what is that essentially tribalism yeah exactly who's that who's this outsider who's yeah. what stock is that are they from Who's, who's this person? Can we trust them? Yeah. It's pure tribalism. It's pure Absolutely. primitive stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We're just fancy animals. <laughs> I said that to clients all the time. That's all we are. We're just fancy animals. Yeah. Animals with a shirt. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and a Calvin Klein jumper. Ah. <laughs> Hugo Boss. Just come from the office. Just come from the office. Did you hear that? Calvin Klein and Hugo Boss. You know, yeah. if we graduate past McCarry's for sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> you got to dream big, Pete. You got to fucking dream big, man. What are you if you're nothing but a dreamer? There you go. <laughs> when we return, we're going to discuss more. But for now, here's a message from CalvinKlein.com. <laughs> Sorted. Already Broke recorded. Work. Just give us the, just give yeah. the money. Yeah. or a grand. Yeah, so that, that thing of, you know, and the, the urban areas or the rural areas. Mm. You know, if you live in a rural area, you're going to have, like that, if you move, you know, if you move to a rural area, 
because that's all you can afford. And like that, there might be the one or two pubs. Well, you know, what do you do if you don't drink? You know, and true. Yeah, what so do you Irish. Do? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, I mean, Ireland had the first, the biggest and best and world-renowned, greatest social network in the Irish pub. That's where it all went down. That's where mm. you caught up with the neighbours. That's where you got the gossip. That's where you learned who was dying. Oh, Jesus, did you hear? Oh, and such and such a sick. And, or there was the old business <laughs> Mary's deal. dead. Mary's Mary dead. Said, oh, Johnny Jesus. likes this. Yeah, yeah. Marie sends a heart. Somebody, <laughs> sent a, somebody sent a smiley by accident. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> it was all about being social. Mm. So if you yeah. move somewhere and, you know, I mean, there's only two, there's only two valid reasons why you're not allowed to drink in Ireland. You know, you're on antibiotics or you're pregnant. Yeah, or you're an alcoholic. No, I just yeah, don't yeah. drink. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, why don't you drink anymore? You know, you, uh, it, no, you're an alcoholic. Yeah, you had, no, you had a problem with the with the porter before. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You keep no. all of that. So if you don't to, drink, he used to bait the wife with drink. He used to bait the oh, wife. Oh, she drink, was I'm only mad you know. for it. Yeah, you need a Jesus. Should there be fucking war up there? <laughs> shocking, really, isn't it? Jesus Christ! <laughs> but it's it's shocking because it's fucking true. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, so you move to a rural area. Mm. You know, maybe that's where your job took you or maybe that's all you could afford. I mean, and you can say to people, you know, well, how would you be lonely? You know, go out there and meet people. You're not going to be, you're not going to have your Pilates. You're not going to have your art classes. You know, you're going to have to, again, go somewhere else in, in the, the hope that you find something backwards, like it. You're not going to get that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Rural versus urban limits your possibility of of then meeting people or creating mm. social connections. How do you, at this stage in life, let's say you're, you know, mid 20s plus mm, how do you make mm. friends you know i watch my kids and they'll go straight over to another child and they'll yeah, stare yeah. them in the face and they'll chat away mm. they'll run around don't play, play with me things. pretty much yeah, yeah. i'm watching the I... child and the child comes around and go daddy daddy did you see my friend yeah. your friend you just fucking started talking to him two minutes ago and already he's your friend how wouldn't do you do it... that shit <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't it be great if pubs were like that you just what ran up to somebody at the bar you want to be my friend do you like xbox yeah. you do like it yeah <laughs> just run around the pool table for yeah. like two yeah, hours yeah, chasing yeah. each other <laughs> Oh, kids, I'm telling you, man, they, had it, they have it all figured out. We can we learn to do from along the way. Yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> so the amount of times, the amount of times I hear from clients, how the fuck do you make friends as an adult? It's such a great question. It's like, yeah, how do you? Because like yeah. that, like you described, your kid will go out and they go, they'll go out onto the road and the kid will be like, don't play with me. Yeah, all right. Mm. But as an adult, that's obviously a very different thing because, yeah, you don't just run up to someone and go, do you want to be my friend? Mm. The, the, the person you least want to be friends with is the person that comes up to you and goes, do you want to be my friend? Absolutely, they're the people this you need weirdo. to avoid. Yeah. yeah, this weirdo. <laughs> and inside, you're dying, going, "I wish I could make a friend." <laughs> and the per- and the person that comes running up to you, going, "Do you want to be my friend?" Fucking weirdo. Oh, <laughs> you're cracked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh Jesus. Yeah. If if it was just as simple as that, you know, it'd be yeah. yeah. We live in a better world. Yeah, I mean, one one of the, I mean, one of the things that research has consistently kind of uh, shown to help with loneliness is volunteering. Mm. So it's 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 the old saying of if you want to get, give. Yeah, you know, give give something back. I remember listening to an interview with a guy that the head of alone or something like that, and he said something like, "The majority of people that volunteer are doing it because they're alone themselves." Mm. But they're looking to they're looking to get something back, make those connections, and that's essentially what it boils down to: is those human connections. Yeah, you know, just looking to connect and to be heard and to be to be seen by another mm. human being. 
Um, so volunteering would be one of the one of the biggest things. Have you ever noticed a guy who or a girl who's just not very interesting? They're not very funny. They're just mm-hmm. themselves. But mm. you still find that they have loads of friends. And my theory is that they have loads of friends because they're themselves. They're not trying yeah, to be this yeah, joker, yeah. this funny guy. Like if you watch you watch two hundred odd episodes of Friends, you think it's just punchline after punchline after mm-hmm, punchline. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And people think you're the hilarious one, you're the silly one, you're the cocky mm-hmm, one, you're the mm-hmm. sarcastic one. Yeah. You know, and I think that probably feeds into people's psyche a little bit where they think I need to be funny. I need to be the funny guy. If I'm not the funny guy, they won't like me. They won't listen to me. They won't yeah, find me interesting. Yeah. They won't ask me to come out for a drink. Yeah. Do you find that? Or is that just a I, weird observation I've made? No, no. I, I think I think human beings resonate with people who are genuine. Mm. Because you know where you stand. Yeah. There's no reason to mistrust them. You know, they are who they are. And, you know, you can even... I'd even go some way to kind of going... I, I'd nearly kind of respect an outright racist or sexist. <laughs> you know what I mean you can you can nearly admire them for going you know this is that and you're like well Jesus he's, he's, he's not pretending to be anything for like their that, honesty you know? like. yeah you can nearly respect mm. the honesty of it you know it's mm. not, to, not to say that they agree with it but you can nearly kind of go alright fair enough we just lost our sponsorship with Hugo Boss fuck you anyway <laughs> hey look if, if they're good enough to make <laughs> uniforms for the Nazis <laughs> <laughs> we're going there, like, we're oh going Jesus there, suddenly these boys just got more appealing <laughs> <laughs> tell us more about loving the racists <laughs> thanks Hugo <laughs> how do you feel about black knee-high boots and uh, wide wide-legged trousers <laughs> the same way we feel about money give it to me <laughs> <laughs> give it to me baby <laughs> but you know you can you can kind of respect the honesty because they're not pretending to be anything whereas you you see someone that pretends to be you know a feminist or you know all about equality and it's just a you know woman hating or you know someone that's racist that pretends that they're all about mm. you know that they're not and then, yeah. but clearly they are we we lose the ability to be ourselves sometimes. Mm. Uh, you know, we're, we're trying to put up this front and wear this mask as such, but yeah, we, um, yeah, yeah. you know, we lose that ability to, to be ourselves. We're trying to be yeah. what other people want us to be. And I suppose if you're wearing that mask, then you will be lonely because you're not identifying with yourself. You're not real. Right. You're not being true to yourself. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, I, I had this conversation with, with a client earlier on. You know, he's like, well, I'm the joker. I was mm. the class clown and I'm the joker. And that's that's the role he plays. And, and and I said to him, and I've had this conversation so many times. Mm. Who knows the real you? No one. And they're the ones that are saying they're lonely. Do you want to be surrounded by the people who know you or know the character you're trying to be? And they mm-hmm. only want to be in your company because you're trying to portray somebody else. And yeah. that's a serious amount of pressure to put on yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, and even in myself, in my own practice and how I, you know, how I operate as a therapist, you know, when I was, you know, when I was in college, it was very much, it was very much Rogerian person-centered approach where, you know, it's, it's, it's very much the listening, you know, you're not, you're not, and it's on, how does that make you feel? And it's, you know, it's very much that part of peace. Mm. Um, and that's, that's kind of the way you're trained and you do all your different modalities. You'll do your CBT and you'll do all of these kind of things. But you know, and particularly when I was starting out, it was very much the 
kind of coming from the psychoanalytic side as well of you know no no self disclosure whatsoever like mm. you know and that just didn't sit with me because it didn't feel genuine you know yeah. and someone is asking a genuine question of you know if they're a parent and they're saying you know do you have kids you know they're asking you that question uh, nearly going can you relate to what I'm saying yeah 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 you know have you been so fucking stressed out of your head with the kids mm. is this something you can relate to. Yeah. So, you know, and I would say, actually, yeah, I, I, I do have children, you know, and, you know, because they're asking a genuine question. Now, some yeah. people might be trying to push boundaries and I'd be fairly hip to that. So I wouldn't be telling everyone everything. Some mm. clients know stuff about me. Some clients know absolutely nothing because yeah. they don't need to. And it's not yeah. a part of their process. It's not a part of their work. So when I started being more genuine and being true to who I am, the happier I was in my work. And that just the happier I was in myself because... When you when you over identify with the persona, whether that's the joke or, or whatever it may be, that takes effort because mm. you have to be on. Yeah. You know, I go, oh, I need to be jacked at that. I need to be having the crack. I need the boys to like me. Mm. You know, and you, and you see these people as well. These people that just try too hard. Yeah. You know, I was watching I was watching a thing on um, uh, Amazon Prime there recently. It was about the, the new faces at the Montreal Just for Laughs Festival. Mm. And you could, and I was watching some of them, and I was watching the comedians. I, I like watch a lot of stand up. I go to a lot of stand up. I, you know, like a lot of documentaries about comedians and stuff like that. And you can see the ones that are just trying too hard. You can see it in the performance of going, just sit back, just come back. And the ones yeah. then that do it, it looks like it's no effort for them. You know, they're just they're just having the chat. They're just telling you this, telling this story. You can see these comedians that are trying so hard that they're nearly fucking shoving the punchline down their throat they're actors they're not they're, uh, yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah. they're acting yeah. the part of a comedian effectively, yeah and you know? that takes that takes so much effort yeah you know and to so to be genuine it doesn't require any effort it's kind of like that thing i think mm. mark twain said you know the great thing about the truth is you never have to remember anything <laughs> true yeah you know the great thing yeah. about being yourself is you don't need to do anything you just need to be yourself I worked with a guy who came in to me at one stage. Now, this guy is a funny dude like that. He's always on. You know, he'll come in punchline, punchline. I thought I knew him. Earned a lot of money. Big car out front. Decent job. Grand house. And he came in to me one day and he said, I want what you have. I said, what? Mm. I want to go home to a wife. I want to go home to my kids. I have a child. She lives with her mother. I get to see her every two weeks or whatever. He said, I want what you have. I'm actually mm, lonely. Mm, wow. Well. I have a fucking clue what to do in this situation. Mm, mm. I, I was kind of looking at him going, fuck yeah, man, you have yeah. everything. I, would, yeah. I wouldn't mind being you for a bit. I had a fucking awful day with the kids today. They wrecked mm, me head mm. all afternoon. Mm, mm. I would mm. give anything to be able to go home mm. and go, I'll watch what the fuck I want on Netflix. I'll eat yeah. whatever <laughs> I want. I'll do whatever I want to do. I'll stay up as late as yeah. I want. I'll wake up whenever I want. I'll go mm. wherever I want. I fucking love that. Yeah. Maybe for a day or you'd two, possibly. For, I was just going to say, you'd love it for a few days. That's yeah. it. But it, look, you know it, I mean? it's, it's all relative. And I mean, one one of the one of the biggest things I would see, um, you know, as as a single dad, and I mean, you know, for me, at the times when I have when I have James, you know, at the start, you know, and I, I hold my hand up and admit it, the amount of times I cried after he went back, because. You know, just feeling that disconnection from from your child. You know, you, you would you would love your own space for a day or two to be able to watch what you want. And, It'd be a novelty, you know, yeah. 
Absolutely, yeah, mm. yeah. The novelty wears off. Mm. You know, so when I see it on, on the groups of going, oh, guys, you know, the lads in the, in the single dad groups, oh, kids just left, house is so empty. Yeah. You know, just counting down the hours until I see them again. You know, mm. the the way I used to describe that that feeling, now this went on for this went on for weeks and months, like. Mm. And the way I would describe it was it was every week knowing that you were going to go through a breakup. Yeah. When he left and feeling him gone, feeling that, you know, that emptiness within the house, knowing that you were going to feel it. Mm. And then still feeling it. Jesus. Yeah. After he left. You mm. know, so Yes, you, you, and this is where Gomez, it's all relative. Yes, yeah. you would love to have a bit of time to yourself. Yeah, yeah. The same way that he would love to have what you have. Yeah. The grass but is always what, greener, isn't it? The grass is always yeah. greener. But what, yeah. what that example shows is also you will never know what's going on in someone else's head. Yeah, true. Yeah. The amount of times I've had people come into me and they look like they have it all. They've got the mm. big house, they've got the two cars, they've got the well presented kids, and they haven't got the money to buy a cup of coffee during the week. Because mm. we never, we don't show. We are, we're always trying to put on our, 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 our best front. Yeah, yeah. You know. I heard a story about Groucho Marx. Now, if anybody doesn't know who Groucho Marx is, he was probably he's regarded as one of the best American comedians of all time. Mm-hmm. He was huge in 1930s, 1940s. Uh, Marx Brothers movie mm-hmm. Duck Soup, considered one of the greatest comedies of all time. But mm. I remember hearing a story that he lived a couple of doors down from Dick Cavett, the um, TV presenter, and he used to walk his dog past Dick Cavett's house. He used to do it in the hope that he'd be invited in for dinner. Now, this guy was huge, one of the biggest celebrities in the country at the time, and all he wanted was to be invited in for a bit of dinner. Mm. Mm. I tell you what, I've got a quote from Freddie Mercury here. He said, you can have everything in the world and still be the loneliest man. And that's the most bitter type of loneliness. Success has brought me world idolization and millions of pounds, but it's prevented me from having the one thing we all need, a loving, ongoing relationship. Mm. It's the old saying, money can't buy you happiness. You've got a load of teenagers and early 20s out there looking at these influencers, these YouTubers who are earning millions and these artists undergoing, if only I was a millionaire, everything would be all right. Bullshit. Absolute bullshit. So if anybody's listening to this, hoping that if they strive for fame and glory, then everything else will go away. It's not going to go away. No, no. And in, in all likelihood, it's going to increase it. So like that, you know, you get all this money, mm-hmm. you get all this fame and notor- notoriety. And then what you're going to be faced with, then, you know, you meet someone and go, well, is she only after me because I'm rich and famous? You know, so you're you're going to be that little bit wary of, is does this person love me for me? Mm. Or just because I'm Freddie Mercury or whoever, whoever it may be. Again, it's somebody portraying the character that they're not. People love that character. They don't actually love you. They love that character, that alter ego, that actor, that singer, rapper, whatever. Yeah. Who who, who was the actress that said it was someone like Bridget Bardot or Greta Garbo or something like that? One of these sex bombs from, Mm. you know, the 50s or something like that. And she said they all wanted to go to bed with this this character that she played, this famous sexy character. But they ended up waking up with her. Yeah. Money doesn't change you. It just makes you more of what you already are. Mm. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, what, what's that other one? Um, character is how you treat people who can do nothing for you. So you're not doing anything with an ulterior motive. You're just being genuine. Right. You're being yourself. I get you. Yeah. I get yeah, you're yeah. not, you know, I might be able to get something out of them. Yeah. You know, yeah, you're, yeah. you're not doing it because you know, yeah. it's how you treat. And it's, you know, and I, I would often say it, you know, um, it's that kind of thing of how someone, you know, if you're dating someone or stuff like that, it's how they treat waiters and stuff like that. Are mm. they there? snapping their fingers at them right, yeah, yeah. looking down their nose at them like you know yeah you know that, that that that's the kind of stuff that tells a lot about tells a lot about a person do you want some stats do you want some yeah. facts about loneliness give me some facts mm. give me them hard and straight no for no, no, nothing like <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think we're moving from sponsorship from Hugo Boss now to, to Ann Summers <laughs> Show us the money. Show us the fucking money. <laughs> oh, we'll 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 sell out in a heartbeat. <laughs> we'll be doing video podcasting gimp masks next week. <laughs> <laughs> now a message from our sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you know, as 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 we spoke about earlier, you know, loneliness is bad for your for your mental health. You know, mm. it's very much a that that psychological condition. But it also has huge, huge implications on our physical health. Mm. So, and, and you know, this is all research back. These are all, these are all, these are all studies that loneliness, living alone, and having poor social connections is as bad for your health as smoking fifteen cigarettes a day. Jesus, it's worse for your health than obesity. So, when you're on your own, going mm. back to again primal times, you know, you go into kind of survival mode. So your 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 body and your brain are in a constant state of fight or flight. Uh, that you know, rejection and ostracization lights up the brain as if it's in physical pain. So that social pain that you feel is there to mobilize you to get back into the group. So if you're doing some shit that isn't accepted, cut that shit out. Make sure you get back in there so we don't die. So when you're on your own, when you're feeling that loneliness, you're you're feeling the loneliness because that's your brain and your body trying to motivate you. To, to reconnect and make social connections. All right, okay. So we you go into that kind of stress state in the body. You go into into kind of fight or flight mode mm. internally. And so your body doesn't get to go into what's the opposite of fight or flight, which is called rest and repair. So where we get to regenerate cells, the body can relax. Okay, we'll get the cleaners in, clean out the old cells, regenerate cells, because mm. we're constantly in a state of panic and a state of stress. That then takes its toll on, on the body. Uh, so lonely people are more likely to suffer from dementia. They're more likely to suffer from heart disease, more likely to suffer from depression. And loneliness increases your risk of death by 29%. Jesus. And then if you live alone, that figure goes up to something like 32%. So, you know, even if you're just lonely, but if you happen to live alone as well, that goes up to about 32%. This has massive implications on mm. physical health. So that's that's what that's what loneliness does. So, you know, those same kind of studies show that loneliness obviously has a huge impact on, on the physical health. So what, what the studies also show is that, you know, people that have partners, well, what they, what they have there is they have social support. So if you go home to the missus and go, Jesus, it's a whore of a day there at work. You know, yeah, you've got someone there to un, unload it. She might go, well, look, sure, do you want a cup of tea? Sure, look, I'll make the dinner. You sit down. So research has shown that, you know, married people live longer. Assuming that, that that is a happy marriage. Assuming you don't get stabbed in the head. 
Yeah, yeah, tea, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> of the way you fucking breed. Yeah. Through your nose like a like Do a you bastard. have to fucking breed like a fucking <laughs> elephant? <laughs> yes, yes, swine. <laughs> in and out, in and out, in. It's always the same with Cop, you breeding yeah, in and yeah. out. <laughs> Cops are called. Why, why did she stab you? I was alive. <laughs> <laughs> so assuming, assuming that the marriage is a happy one, you're you're more likely to live longer mm. and you're more likely to, to survive being diagnosed with cancer. As the saying goes, a problem shared is a problem halved. So if you can go to somebody and say of a problem yeah. and they listen to you, even if they just don't even respond, they just listen and you can unload your troubles. We all know them people, especially in work, that you can go to and you can chat and go, mm-hmm. fuck it, you never guess mm-hmm. what's after happening. And they will listen to you. Yeah. You know, you know the people so in your family and your friends that will do that yeah. as well, you know. Yeah. And that's one of the ways to, to combat loneliness is is to recognize the friends that you do have, you know, and, and to reach out to them. And as you say that, a problem shared is a problem halved. You know, if, if that's not there for you, then seek out therapy. Yeah. You know, go talk to a professional. Go, you know, someone that is going to help you through this. Someone that is going to see you. Someone that mm. is going to hear you. Someone that is going to validate your feelings. Um, you know, other things you can do, get a pet. Something to look after, something to give your life a bit of purpose. True. Um, someone that's that's going to be there as a, as a companion for anyone that has a dog. You know, if you're if you're feeling down, the dog will be over there. Yeah. You know, nose in your lap. Yeah. You know, sensing that that something is wrong. Um, that's what I love so, about dogs. We had a dog for about eighteen years, and even when he was struggling to get up in the last week of his life, mm. he would still put in all the effort to try and get up off the ground and come over to greet you every morning and mm, that mm. that was a lot of effort you have yeah. a cat in the house you bring the cat <laughs> into the house the cat fuck walks you. around and goes this is my place now you can yeah, fuck yeah, off yeah 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 so we're getting controversial now we have all the cat people on oh <laughs> fuck them fuck them as, as a man as a man I think I, are, are we not I'm legally leaking. obligated to be dog people I, I think that comes with the with the contract when you when you become male you have to like dogs and and ask any man that knows a man that doesn't like cats. No one likes a man that doesn't like a dog. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like women can get away with not liking dogs, but men yeah, can't. I'll yeah. put it this way. Have you ever seen a man bring a cat for a walk? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Don't go up to him and ask him to be your friend. Simple. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one that's coming up to you going, do you want to be my friend? <laughs> As I'm out walking my cat. <laughs> um, your cat's dead. <laughs> Fucking choked him to death when I was running over here when I seen you <laughs> to ask you did you want to be my friend <laughs> sometimes it's good to be lonely <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're, you're alright thanks I'll, I'll stay at home and I'll die 15 years earlier and be your friend <laughs> so so you know so, so to do talk to someone talk talk to a friend that you do have talk to a therapist uh, volunteer do mm. something creative no matter how simple it is express yourself you know mm. create you know, the, the majority of great art comes from a place of pain. True. Absolutely. You yeah. know, whether that's songwriting, poetry, art, you know, anything like that. Yeah. Um, you know, get a hobby, join, join a, a, whether it's a local drama group or, you know, start, you know, instead of going to the gym, maybe do a class in the gym. Something mm. that's going to bring you in contact with other people. Well, you need uh, to talk to other people, communicate yeah, with other people, yeah, yeah. work together as a team or so, tag yeah, exactly. rugby or anything, you know. Absolutely, yeah. or even, you know, at the gym and you do a class and at the end of it and you're, and you're bollocks and you're like, jeez, oh, I'm knackered. 
and someone mm. else going, Jeez, yeah, that was a hard one. Will you be yeah. here Tuesday? I will, yeah. I'll see you Tuesday. I wonder, do people who are lonely not see the signs that other people are trying to forge a friendship? That That's a, that's exactly what, what that thing that I mentioned earlier around that paradox mm. of loneliness. They miss social cues. That Their brain starts to change and they miss those social cues from other people. You could be asking directions to somewhere mm, mm. and somebody will say, oh, where are you from? At the start of a conversation. Oh, I'm not mm, from yeah, here. I'm yeah, from yeah. such and such. Really? Yeah, yeah I yeah. know somebody here. If, if you're coming from a place of self-esteem and your loneliness, well, you're coming, you're filtering that through a lens of, sure, they wouldn't want to be my friend anyway. I'm a burden. Why, yeah. why would anyone, you know, I don't want mm. to put my problems onto people. So, you know, again, you're, you're, you're filtering experience through, mm. you know, through your own, through your own life, through your own life experience. Would I be right in saying the first step to overcome loneliness is to try and discover yourself and who you are and then go out, meet people, volunteer, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I, think the, I think the first step in it all is to name it for yourself. So admit to yourself I'm lonely. And by, by doing that, you go, okay, I'm lonely. What do I need to do about it? Okay. Right, I, I'll, um, I'll, I'll maybe send P a, P, P a text there. You know, I haven't seen him in ages. Look, mm. man, you're around for a pint or do you want to grab, grab a coffee or, you know, you, you, it, it'll encourage you to do something like that. Um, because, mm. as I said, in the same way that your body and your brain sends a signal that you're hungry, your body and your brain are sending a signal that you're lonely and that you need social connection. How often have you spoken to a friend, maybe somebody you haven't spoken in a while or even just a couple of weeks or a few months? How often have you got off the phone or have went for a pint or a cup of coffee and be absolutely buzzing afterwards. Yeah. I, you know, I was, I, I was, I forgot to mention it, but we spoke on the phone yesterday. Mm. I don't know what was me. I didn't, I didn't sleep great Sunday night for whatever reason. And I was in fucking Either did I, form. either did I, but that reason <laughs> is 19 months old. Yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. in his own fucking bed. <laughs> oh, stop. I'll have a, I'll have a four-year-old now kicking me in the spleen tomorrow night. And, and what I will wake up to will be, I did a fart. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's usually the first words out of his mouth. <laughs> I did a fart in your bed. <laughs> Sound buddy. Yep. I know you did. I can fucking smell you. <laughs> what were we talking about? Um, <laughs> oh yes, we were chatting yesterday. So I didn't didn't sleep great on Sunday, and I fucking woke up Monday morning. I was in bad old form. Don't know what was wrong with me. I couldn't get a hold of it at all, and I wasn't in great form Tuesday morning either. And then we spoke yesterday, we were talking about the show, what we wanted mm. to do. And afterwards, it was fucking grand. We had a bit of chat, had a bit of crack on the phone call. You know, and that was, that was something I actually forgot until you reminded me there. Of yeah. how having that conversation, of just reaching out to someone and having a chat. Yeah. Um, can change it. Because you're not going to get that by text. No, you're you not. Don't get, you don't get, you can put all the, all the laugh and tears emojis you want after a message. Yeah. But to hear someone laugh, to hear that in their voice, to hear, you know, all the joy that goes along with it mm. is an entirely, entirely different experience. Absolutely. You know, and that goes back to social media as well. You have people who mm -hmm. rely very heavily on social media and, yeah, you know, yeah. they send their likes and their loves and their, their laugh emojis and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Again, as you say, it's not a patch on the real thing. It's not a patch on meeting somebody face to face, yeah. going for a pint, going for, going for a walk, you know, doing a gym class together or something like that or yeah, uh, yeah. going for a coffee. And, and the, other side, the other side of that is, is loneliness is big business. You've got Tinder, yeah. you've got plenty of fish, you've yeah. got Bumble. You've got Hinge. The thing about social media as well, or even your smartphone, it's always pinging. 
There's always notifications. Yep. There's always people trying to drag you back into the virtual world <laughs> while, you know, you want to go out for a walk or whatever and all of a sudden, bing, yeah. oh, notification, breaking news, such and such. All right, a reminder yeah. from something, <laughs> a message, a Google alert or whatever. And you want. Oh, grand. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm laughing because as you said that, there was fucking notifications pinging in on my phone from Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> That was me. That was me. <laughs> Just the hair's looking well, P. That's not my head. <laughs> it's your body, though. I'd recognise those tits anywhere. <laughs> good old, good old smartphones. Bang yeah, on yeah, cue. So basically, when you're trying to get over mm. your loneliness, you mm. need to reconnect, reconnect with your friends, your family. Yeah your community, you know, you need to make new mm. friends. That's how you get out there. You volunteer. You were saying you join a class, maybe a drama group or something like that, or even mm. a photography mm. group, an art group. Or Absolutely. Whatever, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Or even actually Toastmasters. Do you ever hear of Toastmasters? Yes. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people, a lot of people get yeah. a lot of stuff for that. It really helps in developing confidence for people, yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. public speaking, you know, getting over nervousness if you're a public speaker or you have to public speak. Pu- pu- public like speaking is a greater fear for people than debt. It's the number one fear for people public Crazy, yeah. people fear speaking in public more than the fear of death fear of being judged fear of being judged that's yeah. the social part of the brain what these people think of me and, and another thing to consider then is you know if you're religious of you know maybe going to church buddhism talks about the three jewels which is the buddha uh, the dharma which is his teachings and then the sangha which is the spiritual community mm. so it, that's you know the church isn't religion the church is a spiritual community Mm. So it's not supposed to be the building. So, you know, religious religious uh, practices can can help them to meet people then as well. Let's leave it there, my man. I hope you like what you heard. If so, give us a rating, subscribe, leave a comment. If you didn't like what you heard, then I don't lie about it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we're always looking for good feedback, good or bad. And uh, if you didn't like it, tell I, us. I, I, only, I only want good feedback. Yeah, I'll take the bad. My, 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 my fragile ego can't handle it. <laughs> it's true. It's actually true. <laughs> ah, no, not at all. I want to give a big shout out to Fiona Bryan as well for the podcast music. This dude is an amazing producer, beat maker. Catch him on Facebook at FOB Beats, singer, rapper, podcast, chancer like ourselves. He'll sort you out. Alan Clark, last word with you, dude. Give us one of your favorite inspirational quotes. So I, I think, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take inspiration for this one from a man that can ride for allegedly for about 24 hours. And I'm not I'm not talking about myself. I'm talking about the, the king of tantric sex, Sting. And in Message in a Bottle, he had a very good line that I think applies for a lot of lonely people. Seems I'm not alone in being alone. You're not alone in your loneliness. Boom. That was good. <laughs> Drop that mic, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. Mental.